0: Hello, and welcome to the Love Wide Open podcast. I am Heidi DeLair, your host. Here we discuss all things life and love, getting you out of your busy head and back in touch with your heart, where you can truly grow, evolve, and learn self-love so that ultimately you can love others and help them along their journey. I'm the managing and publishing editor of lovewideopen.com, the self-development and resource website. The creator of Love Wide Open on all social media channels, an alternative healthcare practitioner and heart space coach, and the author of Roots and Tendrils, a poetic journey through the highs of love and the lows of heartbreak that ultimately lead to self-love. Let's go hold some heart space together.
1: Anyway, hello, hello, Hi, hello, listeners, hello, Louise. I have the pleasure of having a friend and parent coach as a guest today. We have Louise Clark, and you can find her at yourparentingpartner.com. She is a PCI-certified parent coach, also a certified, I can't say this, Adlerian Parenting Facilitator, um, a certified mindfulness teacher, and also has a Bachelor of Science in Physiotherapy She's done a ton of work with Dr. Shafali, and a lot of you may know Dr. Shafali through Oprah. Um, it's Oprah's favorite parenting expert.
2: Welcome, Louise. Hi, Heidi, and thank you so much for having me on your show today. It's a pleasure to be here.
1: Yeah, so happy to have you. So I I I listen to your podcast. Louise has a podcast. Uh, it's called Parenting in the Thick of It. Although I don't have kids I find it completely relational to all human beings
2: (laughs) you do that's awesome
1: (laughs) right like it's it's just it's relational work it's how we communicate with each other but you 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 bring it through in the lives of um you know teenagers and I'm fascinated with how did you even get into this line of work and parent coach it seems to be like a rising thing out there
2: Yeah, good question, Heidi. I was very, very lucky, or my husband and I consider ourselves very lucky because way back when my eldest, who is now 18, he was uh, three or four, and a phone call out the blue from a friend of ours, and it went something like this, hey Lou, Dave here, I'm organizing a parent group, want to know if you and Simon want to join, I need eight couples, it's going to be 10, 10 times a year for about an hour and a half each time. I need to know if you're in or you're out. And I went, can I, he goes, no questions. You just have to tell me now I'm in a hurry. And I went, we're in. So I signed us up and I said to Simon when he came home, I've just signed us up to parenting classes or something like that. And he goes, what's that? And I said, I'm not sure, but I guess we will learn how to be better parents. (laughs) So we went and we completed the first year and the first year became two years, then three years. And somewhere around that mark, the, uh, the counselor that works with us actually asked, you know, uh, had a word with me at the end. And he said, I think you should do this. And I'm like, me? Are you speaking to me? And he went, yes, I think you are. This is what you need to be doing in your life. And it sowed a seed. I didn't jump on it immediately, but it sowed a seed. And from there on, I did, you know, about a year later, I did actually start uh, doing some uh, qualifications towards becoming what I now am, which is a parent coach. And as you said, you know, in in that interim period, I've done, you know, constant work on raising my own bar and and becoming a better parent. But it it, honestly, it was such a gift. And it it was something that we, you know, I I said yes to on a whim. And, you know, it's got me to where I am today. And I absolutely love, love my work. I'm passionate about helping parents. And the great thing for me is in helping other parents, I'm always holding myself accountable. I'm always in it. There's not a day where I'm not reading something about parenting and how to bring a different, you know, dynamic to um, the relationships I have with my kids. So I really do consider myself very, very lucky. So that's how I went from physiotherapist to parent coach, and um, here I am today.
1: Right. Wow. It's fascinating. Um, and you know, I I've read part of your blog series, which is um, you have an ADHD blog series, and I'm I'm fascinated with the subject of ADHD. Just because you know I have questions around it of you know is our progressing society and how fast we are moving through the world starting to create this place in our children where all of a sudden they are disconnecting in this relational way and just finding themselves more anxious because they are in a smaller container that's moving very, very fast. Mm-hmm. I go with that wherever you want to, but I'm fascinated with the subject.
2: Yeah, you know, I I um, became interested in ADHD because my eldest, who's 18 now, uh, I was convinced from a young age that he had it, but at 13 we it was confirmed through a formal diagnosis, and you know we've been dealing with it since, and he'll deal with it all his life, and you have to find ways to to work with whatever the symptoms are that that are a challenge for you. Mm-hmm. Um, but in terms of ADHD itself, it's interesting because I do a lot of reading uh, of the research on ADHD. And I, I think, you know, you're, you're right in saying that there's so, so much of our lives today and the way in which we operate, particularly kids who are on their screens all, as much as they are, who are in this little constrained world that's so vast, that's so fast moving, that's so instant. Um, there's now research to, to show that a brain i say a, let's take a 13 year old's brain 10 years ago no day adhd would show up in a certain way hmm. that that 13 year old's brain with adhd would have differences that they can see differences on all the, the scans that they do hmm. there's different areas in the brain are more developed other areas are less developed but what they're now seeing is that there's very little difference between your typical, what was your typical ADHD brain, and now what is your average 13-year-old's normal brain. So it's it's suggesting that something is causing symptoms that are similar to ADHD that is not linked to ADHD per se um so and and there's a a very well known child psychologist called Dr Victoria Dunkley, who does a lot of work in in this area, and she now will not test a child for a d h d until they've had a four week screen detox so in other words she that that says it all to me right won't assess them until they've had a detox she knows. That this, the 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 screens are contributing are a large component to just to, to developing very similar symptoms to ADHD. So I think your what you, what you said earlier stands true.
1: Well, it just it it seems like more and more kids are being diagnosed with ADHD than when, of course, we were younger. But perhaps it's just that you know the science and everything else has developed as well. But I, I truly believe there is a link to all of our tech and how we move through the world now that kind of ungrounds us in a way. It, it pulls us literally into the ether a little more. And, and, it, and it
2: distracts us. Yes. A huge distraction. I mean, we all know what it's like when you're trying to get a. Like, you know, i I've just written a book. We can talk about that later. But when, you're, when you've, you've written a book, when you're trying to write... And the whole time you're seeing this message pop up, one email, two email, oh, you've got a text, oh, another email, oh, message on Facebook. It's so distracting that it shift, It causes us to, to unfocus. So we, we become less focused. And they now know that if, you've been dis, if you are in your little writing world and you become distracted, it can take anything up to 20 minutes to get back to the level of focus that you were pre-distraction. So that's no ADHD, and we're all living that life now. Yeah, we have to be so disciplined about switching off notifications. I hate notifications. I actually don't have them on Mm -hmm. as many of my devices as possible. I don't sleep with my phone. I don't wake up with my phone. I uh, really have, but it's it's effort, you know, because it'd be much easier to have my phone by my bed when I've got. Three kids, and some of them might be out, and I don't know what time they're coming home. But I, you know, I don't, I don't have my phone by my bed. In fact, my eldest, when he comes home, he writes a note, and he writes, "I'm home," and he puts it on the floor, outside my our room. And I trust that he'll be home when he says he's going to be home. And some of you might say, "Yeah, but what if something happened and he didn't get home? It would be six a.m. before you'd find out." And I'd go it would be yes my mom survived our parents survived and I believe I will survive now I'm, I'm not saying everyone has to do it but for me it works uh, and I'd rather that than than have the phone by my bed if he's doing something and I know he's going to be super late and it's slightly more risky sure there are times where I've had my phone by my bed Anyway, I've digressed to having sleeping with our phones, but.
1: <laughs> no, but I, I think it's all related. It really yeah. truly is because, you know, they are a complete distraction. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we know it as adults and we know how much kids are involved in the screen. I can be driving and see kids walking on the sidewalk but have no awareness of what is happening around them because they're just in this little little box world. So, yeah. Anyway, so yeah, tell me more about your book because I I I love the title of this, and it goes along exactly with everything we've been talking about. So um, Louise has written a book called *Parenting the Modern Teen*: The Secret to Understanding, Connecting, and Communicating with Your Teenager in a Disconnected, Distracted, and Digital World. Ooh, that's a mouthful. I know absolutely how our world is working and yeah right yeah.
2: oh absolutely and you know i i wrote my book and you've written a book you know what it's like and you always you know where where does it end where do you end your book where do you like how much do you put in how little do you put in how do you organize the chapters so it was it was an amazing journey and process and i really enjoyed it and it's launched now so it's off to the races and um i i know it is helping many many parents out there all over the world and i get amazing messages from people saying you know what i've just i've just read your book and in the in the week since i've seen positive changes in in my parenting and in the relationship with my teenagers uh, because teenagers are hard they they really are they they really f- i love teenagers you know if, people sometimes say to me what what age do you like most and I like all ages but the teenagers really do fasc- fascinate me and you know I, I can remember we can remember various stages in our childhood and isolated incidences but I, I do remember my teenage years and I think somewhere in the book you know I, I I say how how do they operate the way they have how where does it come from you know who wrote the teenage book any anyway and i maybe i did you know way back i contributed towards it so i really the te- teenage years i'm really really enjoying and uh, you know i have a 14 year old boy a 16 year old girl and an 18 year old uh, boy so i'm right in the thick of it which is why my, my podcast is so <laughs> yeah. in the thick of it but you know i was in the thick of it when they were 2 4 and 6 and when they were 9 11 and 13 And now they're 14, 16, and 18. And I love it. I really do love it. But there if we think as parents we've been challenged before, teenagers add a whole new dimension to our worlds in terms of being triggered and being challenged. And I think that is the one thing that parents just struggle with most is they think it's the child, the teenager that's triggering them, But in fact, all triggers are from, are actually internal, they're not external. But the teenage behaviors are very triggering. Like, you know, the things they say, the way they say it, the way they conduct themselves, their impulsivity, their irrationality, their total, they're illogical at times. Um, It's very hard to live with them. But, you know, we can't live with them and we can't live without them.
1: Right? (sighs) So, But how rewarding for you to be getting this sort of feedback that, you know, someone takes your book and has positive impact in a very short amount of time from, you know, what you're discussing with them.
2: Yeah, absolutely. It is. It's incredibly rewarding. And, you know, my, my book, my whole, um, the way I operate as a parent myself and in my coaching practice with, with the parents I work with, is largely, uh, based on the, the work that Adlerian work that I did and Dr. Shefali's work.
1: Mm -hmm.
2: And it, you know, reading the conscious parent for me, I probably read it now, I think six or seven years ago, that really was a pivotal time in my life. And, you know, at the same time I was, I was being coached by a parent coach and, the whole thing kind of came together because what it made me realize was for years, and I say this in my book, I was pointing my finger at my kids. I was blaming my kids. It's them, it's them, it's not me. Never thought for a minute it could be me. How Mm -hmm. could it be me? I'm such the perfect Mm -hmm.
1: mum.
2: And it was only, it was a real wake up to me to realize that kids will be kids. Teenagers will be teenagers. And really what it all boils down to is how I can control myself in the face of whatever meltdown tantrum or whatever they throw at me. Mm-hmm. It really, it's up to me to be able to control myself and not become, you know, the, the four year old when they were four, you know, because as an adult, we can reduce ourselves to being four years old and behave just like a four year old. And same thing with teenagers, you know, when they when my teenagers challenge me and they're being very teenish in their behavior, it can bring out the teenager in me. But mm. that's the that's really the foundation of my work is to look at myself and say, How how am I showing up? What can I change? Because I can't change them. They're wired as they are, they're coded as they are, they've got their brains are undergoing a major reconstruction during the teenage years and their executive functioning skills, which is in the prefrontal cortex, that doesn't develop until the ages of 20, 22 to 25. So really, how can I expect them to get it all right? But I can try and get more of it right myself and control myself. So the, the foundation of my book is how do we control ourselves in the face of whatever they choose to throw at us. And we don't know what that might be. I don't know what my 18-year-old's gonna to do tonight when he goes to a party, or my 14-year-old's gonna to do tomorrow when he goes and hangs out with his friend in, in, in the village somewhere. We don't know. Mm-hmm. So we have to be present in the moment and able to control ourselves regardless of what they do.
1: Yeah. And again, totally relatable to all relationships. <laughs>
2: with absolutely
1: people right like this is why we get triggered with anyone it's because there's something in us that we do not have control over you know our emotions get stirred by their action and we go off the handle Mm -hmm. um, and want to control how that person is in retrospect we're like no actually I have control of me and the awareness that that takes so I would think it would be so eye-opening and maybe hard for some parents to like really come to grips with having to be that aware and change themselves.
2: It is hard, and you know, I think the hardest piece for for parents, myself included, um, is that we are programmed and conditioned from the way in which we were parented and our parents were programmed and conditioned from the way in which they were parented. So we have patterns within us that are generations old, and those patterns are deeply ingrained within us. So we've got parenting patterns that have been handed down and are coded within us, and we have societal and patterns and conditions that are coded within us, you know, from all the various institutions. Dr. Shafali, you know, introduced me to this whole concept or made it so crystal clear to me that so many things influence my my ability to parent and where the 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 patterns come from and you know I was actually just working with a a client earlier this week and I had this this analogy just came to me I think it was because I you know I do much of my work uh via zoom like like we're interviewing conducting this interview now and I said to her you know it's it's just like when we we have these these programs that are deeply ingrained in our heads so almost like we've got a software system that's been handed down and we're born with
1: yeah and
2: that software system has been influenced by culture cultures before us and and the current cultures that we're living in it's being it's being influenced and then parents you know might read a parenting book and think, oh, that sounds good. So think of it as another software system now that they're gonna put into their, into their minds. But the old program keeps raising its ugly head that we can't get rid of the old software. Mm-hmm. And as much as we've got this new way that we want to show up, a new way of being, I'm not gonna try and change my child, I'm gonna change myself. This old software says, you can make your child listen to you, you can punish them, you can do this, And so the software systems are almost competing with themselves in our heads. And guess which one always comes to the top when we're triggered? The old ones. So that's why we go, oh, my God, I sounded just like my mother. Or my dad used to do that. It's in you. It's part of you. So in the work I do with parents, I, I try and uninstall as much as we can i don't believe we ever can uninstall that old software and install this new way of being but to do that we have to be incredibly aware to everything about ourselves and um you know just notice everything and work on ways in which we can control our reactivity you know i like to say i have a reactivity radar detector (laughs) all day long every minute and I'm watching it going, oh, I'm becoming more reactive, but that's all very well. So I see myself becoming reactive. What do I do? Because, you know, it, as you say, it, could have, it applies to all relationships. You can be with your girlfriend and something's happened, and you, feel, you can feel a physical reaction happening. Sometimes your, your pulse might start racing, you might get short of breath, you might just start sweating because of something that's happened. Mm -hmm. And we have to know how to control that reactivity that will naturally brew within us. So it's all very well noticing it, but we have to say, okay, I'm noticing it. This is all going on behind the scenes because you're not going to say to your girlfriend, I'm actually noticing that I'm getting quite reactive right now and I'm going to have to take a deep breath or walk around the block or go and hug that tree. You know, it, it just goes on all the time. And I think with our kids, it is actually good to role model that and say, you know what, I'm I'm becoming really reactive right now, and um, when I'm reactive, I know it doesn't go well. So I just give me a minute, and I, I do say that to my kids. Mm-hmm. So it helps them, so that when they're reactive, they if if we someone can point it out to them and say, you're, you're actually getting really reactive right now. I can see you are feeling. You know, we validate their feelings. Should we just take a a, a moment? So we have to be able to control our reactivity and to control it, we have to know we're becoming reactive. So we have to be aware. So I've got this radar detector that goes on. I
1: I can see the lights happening right now.
2: Yeah, but it, 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 it works for me. And, uh, but, but that's really what it boils down to is how do we control ourselves? And then how do we impart those skills to our kids so that they can you know, be be emotionally regulated, control themselves and self-regulate and show up in the way they want to show up. And the teenage years are a tumultuous time for them because they are hormonal. It does make them reactive. It does make them impulsive. It does make them irrational, illogical. Let's face it, they know it all. They know way more than we do. And that in itself is hard to live with, but they're struggling. So if we can't control ourselves and be compassionate and curious and empathetic towards them, we'll be like this the whole time. Mm-hmm. So I, you know, I talk about all of that in in my book. And I also talk about uh, there's a chapter in chapter three, I talk about understanding the brain science. You know, what's actually going on in their brains, what's going on in my brain, what's going on in your brain, particularly when we're reactive. That helped me enormously in my parenting was knowing, you know, this is this is just happening. You know, I I really can't control it. It's gonna happen. But understanding why it happens and, you know, what we can do uh, about it, it helps makes it much easier to, to deal with.
1: Wow, so much. Like, I, I, I bless anybody who has kids and just, I, it's, it's an amazing job to, I think, survive. And you're teaching people literally how to be better than surviving um, in, in a family. And I, it's, it's great work.
2: Yeah. And, you know, I think so that's what saddens me, Heidi, is, you know, you said you're teaching people to survive. There's lots of people who are, you know, I'd like to say I teach them to survive and thrive. Right. Mm -hmm. Because there's so many parents out there and they, they, you know, they come to me and they say, you know, it's just there's no fun in it anymore. All I do is nag. All we do is fight. All we get is slam doors. I have, you know, I, I can barely speak to my teenager right now. We've lost our connection. And, you know, it's, it's so sad. And it's so difficult for us as parents not to take their teenage behaviors personally. You know, it's very hard. You know, it, 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 as you say, we can, this applies to all relationships. When someone is rude to us or disrespectful to us or doesn't listen, it's hard not to take that personally. But, you know, it's, it's almost like rule number one with teenagers. You can't take it personally because there's so much that you take personally that you wouldn't get out your bed in the morning, you know, because it's just it's almost constant. It's all, almost a rite of passage for them. They can't help it. You know, there's so much of it is, is a wiring thing that they're just, they're almost, you know, just testing everything and their brains are rewiring and reintegrating. So they, they haven't got it all together yet, even when they're 18. And you know, there's times where the most level-headed 18-year-old will lose it and explode over very little. But there's times where a 53-year-old will lose it over very little and explode, right? Mm-hmm. So it, it all comes down to that, you know, controlling ourselves and, and role modeling it to our kids. But if we're triggered and take everything they say personally, we're never going to be able to get to a place, or it's very hard to get to a place where we can enjoy the relationship with our mm-hmm. teenager. And, and you know, I, I, I get triggered. You know, just because I do what I do doesn't mean I don't get triggered. Doesn't mean they're not the normal, average teenagers because they are. They're just the same as any other teenager. I mean, they're all unique, but they're they're all kind of similar. And um, you know, I, I just have to know that they are it's all meant to be exactly as it is in this moment and for me to be their support their lead their guide their like their north star i can't do that if i'm a raging beast of a mom who's losing it because i take it personally i feel disrespected i feel not heard i feel not understood and as you say this whole trigger thing goes way back and the triggers are inside so if i'm not feeling heard or i don't if my children are not listening to me and i take it the wrong way like you're not listening to me and i'm not feeling heard where's that coming from Mm -hmm. yeah well for me you know i was raised in a kids are seen and not heard so i never really felt heard when I was a child, if I really think about it, but I don't remember. I mean, I had a happy childhood. I loved my childhood and I had a great time, but for sure I didn't, you know, I didn't really have a say. I, my, my opinion was like, if I got to say it, it certainly was not like, Oh, right. That's interesting. It was like, well, no, it's this way. Um, so of course I'm going to be triggered when people don't listen to me and I'm not heard. Yeah. But until I reparent that part of me, that, that, you know, five-year-old Louise who didn't feel heard, if I reparent that, then when my kids don't hear me, I don't take it personally. I can move beyond it, right? Absolutely. And so just
1: what you just said just totally reminded me of a situation I had. I went back home just for a recent visit and, you know, something I got triggered and I, I started to react and I went, oh my God, this is my 12-year-old self.
2: I literally recognized it and I went.
1: take a and you breath.
2: Could, do you remember? It took you back to almost a moment?
1: Yeah, to almost a moment, like, to the T. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, I'm 12 right now.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And so at that moment, like, I parented myself.
2: Yeah, because you have the awareness. Right. You know, you meditate. Yeah. Your awareness is strong. You know, meditation is like taking our awareness to the gym for a strength workout. Yes. You, you caught yourself.
1: Absolutely, but it's just, as you're you're talking about, like, reparenting and all of these things, it's, um, it, I, I just find it amazing that anybody can relate to anyone <laughs> because of all the stuff that, you know, that original software program that we yes. have as a constant running in the background, and we don't really know it until something comes up, and sure, sure, we want to blame other people for it, but it's hardwired for sure.
2: Yeah. And it's nice to blame other people because you know you, know, it takes the, you own it off fast, doesn't it? But we have to own it all, yeah. and you know we 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 co-create our realities. You know this is what I said. This is the other thing that that is it's the it's the problem and it's the solution, right? Is that we co-create our realities? We all have a part to play in it. Yeah. So you know when parents come to me and they say I'm really struggling with my 16 year old because she's so this, that, and the other. Like, yeah, you know, the, the patterns that exist in your home have been created by you, your 16-year-old, your partner, her brother, her, the dog, the, you know, the school. The path, they've all it's all had a, a part in co-creating the reality that is now. This mm-hmm. is it. So because you've had a part in creating it, you can have a part in uncreating it. And, 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 you know, tearing it apart and, and tr- starting with something new. Mm-hmm. And, I, you know, I, I liken it to an analogy where I say, you know, if you've got four actors on a stage and they all learn their lines and the show's going really well, everyone know the actors all know what to expect. They've got their parts down pat. They know their lines. They know what to say. They know where to move on the stage. The patterns are perfected. Well, we're the same in our homes. So imagine if one of the actors one night changes his lines. What happens? He changes his. It forces a change in the other three actors on the stage. They can't not do something different because he's led the change. Mm. And so they will react in a different way. It might not be favorable. It might not be what he anticipated or expected, but there'll be a change. And Mm. likewise, as a mom or a dad, if you suddenly change the way you show up and engage with the other players in the house, the other actors, they'll have to change to your, adapt to your change. So as much as the problem is the reality and we co-create it, the solution is also you because you've, you've co-created the problem so you can co-create the solution.
1: Oh, fascinating. I love it. Um, so I, I just kind of want to wrap up here with where people can find you. Cause you have an immense amount of resources and probably some I'm not even aware of. So there's the podcast, which I know you do a mindfulness Monday. You do an
2: ADHD on Fridays and well, you, do, you really do keep tabs on my podcast. <laughs> I <laughs> do. Yeah, I do. I mean, I, I have, I think, 331 episodes as of today on my podcast, and I do. I do a Meditation Mindful Monday, and I do an ADHD on Friday, and the the mix in the middle varies. It depends on what I feel and what I'm going to discuss, but you know, I, the, the podcast is a tremendous resource for parents, and it's on 13 different platforms, the, the most obvious one being iTunes. And there's a tab on my website. In fact, on my website, yourparentingpartner.com, you can be led to everything that I do. So that probably is the good one-stop place to go. And um, you can find out more about me. There's a link to the podcast. There's a link to my book, Parenting the Modern Teen, which is an ebook. Um, it's 93 A4 pages. So if you print it, you'll get ni- I mean, 97. You get 97 A4 pages. Um, and there's an audio version of that that I've recorded so if you like my Scottish accent you can hear listen to me for hours Um, and I also have a uh, family organizer that I designed a few years back that is a, a calendar and a parenting kind of guide all in one and it's called Parenting in the Thick of It Family Organizer and it's evergreen there's no There's no dates and years on it. So in other words, if you buy it today on the 30th of August, you can start it tomorrow on the 31st of August and finish it on the 30th of August next year. You add the numbers in. There's enough spaces on the calendar for you to do that. And each month there's a theme and I hold you accountable to the theme. So that's another product that I have. And I have various courses that are online. I have a course that goes with the book called The Modern Teen Companion. So if you really want to activate the learnings in the book, you can uh, sign up and get that course. I have a course called Conflict to Cooperation, which is all about connection and boundaries, which are fundamental pieces in being able to parent well. Because so we have to connect to our team uh, or child and we, boundaries connect us. They don't disconnect us. So that's a really interesting course that I love putting together. And then the other one that just had to be done was called tech and teams. And that's a longer course. It's quite a long course and all about how we navigate the beast that technology is. So all of that's available on my website. The courses are kind of buried within the book page. So if you go into the book tab, you will, um, you'll be able to find things there. And there's another tab ADHD, which I I'm, you know, passionate towards because my, my son has it. So yeah, tons of information. It's all there. Um, I think that's about it. And a whole load of blogs.
1: And just say it one more time for everybody. That's at yourparentingpartner.com to yes. find all of the resources that Louise provides. Yeah. Which are many and so helpful for parents.
2: I know, I can't believe I've actually, you know, when I was saying what I've put together, I'm like, wow, I've put together quite a lot over the years. So long. Well. I love creating content. And if any of you are listening and you have a question or anything, you can email me louise at your parentingpartner.com. Always looking for things to discuss on the podcast, which I do anonymously. And the the episodes are, you know, usually around 10 minutes, so they're quick for parents who are on the fly.
1: Fantastic. Thank you so much for joining me today. It's such a pleasure. And I just always love seeing you anyway. So
2: You too, Heidi. I always enjoy catching up with you. And thank you so much for having me on your show. And thank you to those of you who are listening. Bye, all. Bye-bye.
0: Thank you for listening to another episode of Love Wide Open with Heidi Dallaire. You can find me and more Love Wide Open resources at Love Wide Open or Heidi Dallaire on Facebook and other social media platforms or HeidiDallaire.com and my personal blog under Heartspace Lessons at lovewideopen.com. Thanks so much. Sending
1: lots of love.